Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brownie Points. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. This is the podcast for a guy with a film degree. And a guy who knows how to work a DVD player. Talk to you about movies. This week, we go back to 1983, bet you didn't think I'd remember that year, and we go to the cult classic, stabby, bleedy, death, people not alive anymore movie, Sleepaway Camp, where our parents send us with a whole bag of chips, and then we come back in a whole coffin, because we're dead. All of that, on this episode of Brownie Points. All right, everybody, welcome back. The second film that we reviewed this week was indeed another trip into the time machine to 1983. Nick, go ahead and remind everybody what the film that we went and saw was. We went back to 1983 and we watched what is... Uh, I don't know if this specific movie is my sister's favorite slasher movie, but this genre is um, just because it's so stupid. It's uh, Sleepaway Camp. I don't remember how many there are, but I do remember that in the sequels, they don't get better, but they do get more naked. Yes, there's uh, there's three more sequels. Uh, Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers. Three, Teenage Wasteland, and then just Return to Sleepaway Camp. There's there's one, I don't remember what movie, but there is a kill where they kill the person by cooking them alive, I think. I'll, I'm going to take your word for it. I've This is the first and only Sleepaway Camp movie I've ever seen, and um, yeah, it's... Whew. Slasher films already weren't exactly my jam. Like, I do really love, like, Halloween, and I don't love Nightmare on Elm Street, but I thought it was entertaining. Uh, I do like the old uh, Friday the 13th, but what spawned from it, I don't really care for. But in terms of, like, this kind of, like, schlocky B-movie level, like, just taking advantage of the time, like, this very much fits into that where it's just trying this, to this is very much hollywood just copying itself um this movie has a twist that is kind of an interesting idea but other than that there is nothing really all that interesting in the movie and the makeup like the other thing i'll compliment the effects are pretty good well well since we're, we're gonna we always start with hot takes. Um, I mean, do you want to expound upon your hot take a little bit? Like, since, I mean, of course, not, this is your movie. Not really, just because we're going to, this is going to be the return of the plot point by plot point breakdown um, movie. So I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I, I, I do like the effects, like the scene where the one guy is covered in boils after having boiling water thrown on him. And then the, uh, the head, the, the, severed head in one shot is very good and then the dead guy inside the canoe is very good 
Um, but also, this movie has some of the worst acting I've ever seen. Like, if you're over the age of 25 in this movie, you're going to have a shot where you're just, like, no emotional inflection in your lines or you're overacting. The aunt in this movie is overacting in every single shot she's in in this movie. Um, but the twist ending... I, I'm not going to ruin it what it is because if you don't know what the twist ending is, one, it's very well known. You need to find out what it is. But two, it actually, like you said, it actually took your rating from being the worst possible to like actually the second worst possible. Yeah. It's a pretty good twist. Um, so I give this movie on our scale of a full pan with sprinkles being one of the best movies, uh, best movies that we've seen. Uh, full panda, pretty good, but has some problems. It has a if you sprinkle some stuff on it, it gets it gets perfect. Uh, a half pan, which is all right, but but not great. Uh, kind of a 50-50. A single brownie, which is just like uh, you know, I'll eat this one brownie, but I don't want it anymore. And then uh, a film that is so bad we can't even technically say anything about it being brownies because it doesn't qualify as a brownie. It's a raisin cookie. This gets my single brownie. Um, it's it's dumb. I I have enjoyment with it. The funny thing is, this is actually the first time I've ever I think I ever watched it by myself. Um, I've always watched it with at least one other person, and it is hilarious um, when you have someone else to bounce stuff off of. But when you're watching it by yourself, it's just kind of there, um, and it's a collection of scenes. And then the and then the one insane twist happens at the end of the movie. So yeah, I, that's my quick summation of it. Mine is, I, I I'll keep it a lot shorter and simpler than that, uh, since we're gonna talk about the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> movie movie bad, ending okay. Pretty much, I I overall hate this movie as much as I really do genuinely like the ending. It just almost at the same time frustrates me more that an ending that that is that's this fascinating and this interesting to think about is buried in a movie that is this utterly awful. Like, I I have evidence to support that I don't believe that this director thought that he was making a, uh, just a schlocky, like, this is making fun of the movies that are coming out right now. I genuinely don't believe he was. I think he was trying to make, like, a movie that was trying to scare people, but also kind of have fun with it, like all these slasher films do. Well, now or now that they did. But you could look at, like, Nightmare on Elm Street. That movie actually is scary. Friday the 13th, that movie's actually scary. Like, I think this movie... I think this director thought that the movie was going to be scary, but it's... I'll set the scene up with this now that I finish my hot take. I give it a single brownie, too, because, again, I do think the ending is really good, but everything else is just absolutely atrocious and 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 i i mean this i think this is one of the worst movies we've seen for the show um i'll set this i'll set the scene here with uh before you guide us through the movie it's written and directed by robert hilzik this is the first movie that he's ever made and it shows um (laughs) (laughs) it stars uh felisa rose Catherine camille paul d'angelo oh my god paul's performance jesus christ uh, and Mike uh, Kellen, those are the uh, main stars of this movie. And uh, yeah, Nick, 
I'll chime in with my thoughts on specific moments as you bring them up, but I got nothing. I, until we get to the last literal minute of the movie, I, I hated the whole journey up to this point. That's why I give it a single cookie. Or, it was, it was close to being a cookie. I, I meant to say brownie. This was going to be a cookie, except for the ending, and I'll explain when we get there. So, Nick, take us away on this cult classic. <laughs> All right, so this movie starts with, hands down, the most abrupt opening to a movie I've ever seen, where it just, like, um, it just kind of, like, you go through, like, the logos, and then it's just like, holy crap, it's Sleepaway Camp! Like, it's it just goes from a black screen to it's just... Uh, music going and it just says the title on the screen and you see like the woods in a cabin well it goes um, through the, it goes through a montage and it wants to set the score up or, uh, not the no, score. no no it no no, no. To... the open no 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 i'm saying the opening shot is the most abrupt opening shot ever oh oh the the actual title card yeah, yeah yes yeah. And then, like Dan was saying, it just kind of scroll strolls through the camp, and you you get like a montage of audio of kids running around and playing and having fun and la di da. But it's trying um, to sound really creepy, like the movie's really setting the bar high right off the bat with this uh, opening credit sequence, where it's like ooh spooky, creepy camp, and this whole orchestra, and then you hear like it kind of sounds like ghosts of kids, like all just skirting around. It's like it's setting the bar really high right off the bat with how over the top this music is. Yeah, so we after the title screen ends, we we cut to a shot where it doesn't really explain if this is at the camp, if this is uh, who these people are, where it's they implied- really even are at. They're just on the water in a sailboat, and it's the 80s, so the shorts that the guys are wearing are just insanely short. Like, they're a third the length of normal shorts, and... I, I know this is ridiculous to focus in on, but I just find it so hilarious in this movie how ridiculously short all the men's shorts are. Well, that's a product. Of, that's a product of its time. Like that's all. I that know, is. but I want to make fun of the fashion from back then because I don't understand how they had cargo pockets on their shorts. Who likes short shorts? We like short shorts. <laughs> Who wears short shorts, <laughs> dudes? Um, so. Then the 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 scene opens with a dad and his two kids, and they're on a sailboat, and they're goofing around, and you can tell they love each other because the script says they do. And they're, like, as they're on the boat, they're not really playing. Like, the dad, I think, is passed out drunk and because um, he's on a boat with his kids, and he's like, if I got to be out here, I'm going to be hammered. And... So he is on the boat. The two kids are talking, and they're like, "We want to go with you see the kid on the other like motorboat, and they're they're water skiing. Dad, can we go water skiing?" And that's like maybe when you're not four and five, and they're like, oh, yay. And then the kids water skiing. There's one girl that's being towed. There's a guy driving the boat, and there's just some random girl in the front seat. The the girl getting towed is my favorite part of this opening scene. Can we stop now? She's paid. Like, when we get to, like, what happens at the end of the scene, like, like, you'll see why she's literally paid whatever she was paid. Like, probably, like, 200 bucks, or maybe even, like, 50 bucks back in the 80s. Like, she's only paid to just scream and cry 
And she, it's it almost like she's in another movie. Like, she was convinced that, like, this is, like, a legit, like, one of the most traumatizing, like, scary she horror would be movies a of good, all time. She would be a good good voiceover for, like, an ad for a Jaws sequel. Oh, my God, help the people in the water. Anyway. Oh, my so God. Her, act, her acting, I was, oh, my God. Her acting yeah, we'll, is we'll so talk about amazing and so bad. <laughs> Shush. So, we're, we're watching this girl get towed behind the boat, and then the one girl's like, hi. I want to drive the boat. And the guy's like, no, I could get fired. And she's like, come on. And so he caves. And frankly, like, dude, you're responsible for what happens next because, like, you didn't even get five bucks out of it. So uh, they <laughs> they switch seats. And then they break, which is funny. They switch seats. And this guy, like I said, the first thing out of his mouth is, no, I'm going to get fired. And the girl's like, well, my dad's got a boat. And he's like, is your dad going to employ me if I get fired? And I'm like, yeah, like you're pretty dead on about how you will get fired if they catch you doing this. So they switch seats. And then all of a sudden, he doesn't care about being careful. Uh, him and the girl in the front seat, uh, who is now driving, aren't looking where they're going. They're just sitting looking at each other and then like looking at the instrument panel and then looking at the girl behind them. No one, and before, no one was looking at the girl behind them except for the one girl. So, no one's paying attention to anything. And then, uh, the t- kids have, like, the most awkwardly staged boat flip-over scene ever. And then this doctor, this guy starts yelling. He's like, we gotta go. And the kids are in the water. And then the one, and then the one girl the, being the st- towed is like, hey, uh, just a heads up, there's kids. And then the one people are like, we're not even paying attention to you look at the speedometer it's going really high and then they turn around and the guy when he goes to turn the boat uh floors it because he just like slips on he braces himself with the throttle lever (laughs) he's like he's like i know what the best thing to do is to brace myself put my hand on something that moves and he floors it and he kills the dad without any blood with a boat propeller Oddly enough, this slasher movie didn't have blood and the bloodiest scene in the movie. And then one of the two kids' life jackets comes up and it's all chewed up. So we're led to believe one of the kids lived. Well, there's 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 two things. One, it kind of oh, looks like... And, this- and it is important to note that the kids... Uh, it, it's important to note the kids are a boy and a girl. That too. Um... One, there's the shot where it looks like the boy survived, and it's implied that the girl died. And then secondly, you forgot to mention the funny one of the funniest lines in the movie, amongst all of them, is when the dad comes out of the water after the boat after their little sailboat flips, he just goes, Oh, you little sneakers. <laughs> the kids have Nike emblems branded on their forehead. Right. <laughs> But no, so, like so yeah, they, there's the there's the tragic accident, only one of the kids lives, and then the one girl with some of the the, the best terrible acting in this movie, you, no, you the gotta aunt, save the you gotta aunt. save the kids, you gotta get them out of the water. <laughs> you are very wrong. The next character we meet is the best character in this movie. Oh, I, I said one I said one of them. I just that girl that girl being paid literally to only scream in the opening was just fantastic and horrible at the same time. So the next scene, I don't even really remember the transition, but it is kind of abrupt. 
Yeah, they're just eight like, years later. It's just they're just like card. eight years. They're like eight years later. We're now at this house. Yeah, so, that, I mean, that's all. Yeah, that's all it is. Like, it's yeah. I, there's nothing really that problematic about it, I guess. So I I just meant I didn't remember what it was. So we go to this house, and then there's this one middle aged lady exhibiting that literally anyone can act in a movie, uh, oh, because God. holy, sh- this lady is awful at acting, and I know that's a lot of swears, but dude, no, this I... is the worst. This is hands down the worst acting we have seen for the show. I remember her. I will always remember her performance because I tied a string around my finger. Oh, dude, I completely agree. I, I, oh, I, I don't swear that much on this show, but I hate this aunt too. She is so unbearable to watch in this. She, what's really strange is, um, I don't know the right word. She she is very clearly going for like kind of a more theatrical acting technique where you have to throw your voice and to emphasize certain words because not everyone's going to hear you. The problem is there's a boom mic two feet over her head. She doesn't have to act that hard with her voice. That is, and insul- her emotional- that is insulting to anybody that actually is a theatrical actor. <laughs> she- well, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm not saying she's a good theatrical actor. Like, I even think for theatrical acting, this is terrible. I'm just saying, like, that's the kind of style you see it used in is where you have to throw and project your voice because you don't have something uh, boosting your audio. It's that's like the way thinks- she's talking. It's like but she then, thinks that it's like she thinks that she's in um there's so many actors that just don't feel like that they realize that they're all in this kind of movie like this she kind of She also feels me. like they just got a stand in. They're like, "Hey, the real aunt died. Uh can you be can you do her lines?" And she's like, "Well, I'm just the same height and I kind of look like her." And they're like, "Yeah, but you can like read at a third grade level, right?" And they're like, "Yeah." And they're like, "All right, cool." Just like really a, emphasize the word whole bag. It's like she thinks that she's, like, in, like, early Victorian times England. Like, it's crossed she, with a Stepford it's so, wife. It's, yeah, it's so weird because it's the, it, it, that actually, that's a good point. It's theatrical acting, but it's also, like, Renaissance theatrical acting. Yeah, like, like she like, just walked it's off almost, the set of The Favorite. Like, it's almost Shakespearean. Like, dude, this lady in a mashup with William Shatner. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Oh, dude. But like some of some of for the people that did not watch this movie and continue and decided to continue listening, some of the gems that this lady drops is like okay, Angela, I'm going to Angela. <laughs> I'm go I'm going to read my exact note, my exact notes on the ant in the beginning. So hang on a minute because I'm going to make note because there's a lot of swears in this. So Nick. 28 minutes. I, I, when, what, okay. Tons to set this up, to swears, to set this, <laughs> to set this up, Nick watched this before I did. And I, he, I swear my phone said 58 text messages. I've never seen that is by notes. far the most notes I've sent on a movie other than maybe Batman versus Superman, because I watched the same movie twice just with like 20 extra minutes. Once I started watching this movie, I didn't text him my notes because I've gotten in the habit of just, like, bulking them up in a note and then just sending the picture of the note. Yeah, I very much have not. Thirty <laughs> minutes. 30 minutes into this movie, or not even 30 minutes into this movie, 
I went from my note to a text message and said, okay, 50, 50 notes makes sense now. <laughs> All right. You ready for yeah. my just actually it's 29 minutes. Hang on a minute. So my first note, oh my God, the fucking ant. I forgot about her. Dude, this woman's terrible acting will make you, will make your week. Jesus Christ, this is the worst acting we've ever seen for the show. Followed up with, what the fuck did you forget? When she's talking about the ribbon on her finger. This woman has some of the worst writing in the movie in terms of like what her lines are. Because they have a conversation on the staircase where she's like, I got, I took the liberty of buying you and your cousin snacks for the week. And he's oh, like, and don't and he forget like, your physicals. I did them myself, but don't let anyone else see them. Yeah, I caught that. This is the first time I ever caught that line where she's like, don't tell anyone how you got your physicals. I was like, okay, that makes sense for later in the movie. Like, there's, here's the thing. As terrible well, as... If she's a doctor, why would she care if people are just like, oh, yeah, my relative, that's an actual doctor, which, by the way, good well, God. Well, maybe, she, maybe she's not a doctor. doctor. Maybe she's not a doctor. <laughs> maybe she went to the doctor, and she was like, hey, I need this physical to say this. And they're like, I can't. And they're like, what if she I give you two... She she's a doctor, though. What if she goes, what if I give you two coupons to Olive Garden? And they're like, endless pasta? And they're like, she's like, yeah. Um, but what I I'm getting at, I would, I would never, I would, ooh, if she offered to take me to Olive Garden, and yes, I'm talking in the euphemism, I would probably consider just not going to Olive Garden again. <laughs> so, she, she has them on the staircase, right? And she's like, I took. So she says the thing about the physicals, but she's like, I took the liberty of getting your, you and your cousin supplies for the week. Like that's the delivery. I, I actually had to try acting less than I normally do when I reenact when people say in a movie to talk like this lady. And the kid sticks his hand in and she's got an apple. Or he, pull, he pulls out an apple. And he's like, is there any chips? And she goes, yeah, uh, yes. Why, I believe there's a whole bag. <sighs> like, first of all, that line, no one would ever say that line. But so they're not really helping this lady out. But she's not helping out her situation by acting like – she just discovered how people talk. She's it's it's like she was told act like the rich wife. Like you are clearly successful as a doctor, but you're married to somebody else even more successful. And like this is how rich ladies act in the movies. So, like so, another thing that I thought was was really strange about her acting is the way she uses her hands. I feel like she really wanted to show off her red manicured nails, or the string on her finger. So, well, like, no, what I'm getting at, what I'm getting at is, um, later in the movie, you could say that this woman might be partially responsible for all the murder. So she's got red blood stuff on her hands. I, I guess. guarantee you the director did not think here's, that deeply on this movie. The, I guarantee it. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm stretching while I make that point. I know I'm stretching, but I'm just saying there. Maybe some, maybe someone creative was like, "Oh, we could stretch, we could say this," and it's quote unquote subtle. Maybe I don't know. No, but she, she <laughs> no. is constant. She is constantly. She's standing there, and they're shooting her from like, from just like slightly above her belly button up, and she's like crossing her arms and like putting one hand, like tapping her finger on her lips and her mouth. She's like, 
hmm, oh my that god, that just won't do. She like, did that so, it's so many times. Bizarre. It's so bizarre the way she acts with her hands. Like she cuts, she her, cuts away from where she's acting. looking to tap her chin so many times in just I, this two minute scene. I cannot emphasize how strange her acting with her hands is. It starts to overshadow her verbal acting. And like I said, her verbal acting is the worst we've seen for the show. That's why I can. That's why I can. That's why I compare her to like a Stepford wife. Because like to spoil the Stepford wives, I I have no idea why our audience would watch this movie, but I they're all robots. Like and there's and that makes sense why they act the way they do in that very strange kind of like perfect but not human way. Like yeah. It, like it doesn't everything about her. It just doesn't make sense at all. Like the writing, yes, is terrible. The way. Whether she's directed this way or she's just like, oh, well, I think that the the character would act like this. Like, and there's even, like, uh, sequences later in the movie where, okay, given the dreamlike sequence where she happens to be in this that we can talk about in a minute. Like, okay, she can act like that in these sequences, but we're in the actual reality. Like, this is, like, real time to say why she acts like this is just dumbfounding and just one of the worst performances that we've seen on the show. It's uh, it's so painful. All right. So after this scene, the the big takeaway is the two main characters in this movie are the kids, uh, Ricky and Angela. And Ricky's Angela, just like, well, that was just mom being mom. Okay, Ricky, Ricky <laughs> is Ricky is a foul mouthed like 13, 14 year old kid. And Angela is a mute she does not talk until she does. And that's she, not for a good long time. She just sits there. A, she sits there with her eyes all huge. And I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, like I there's no way she naturally just has her eyelids that far open. So it's a really strange direction because they don't like you can direct you can direct someone to be like, hey, like have innocent looking eyes. Her eyes don't look innocent; they just look really open. That was her audition, though. Um, and some of the trivia I was reading was her audition, and all the girls that auditioned for this were literally told to just sit in front of the camera and open their eyes as wide as possible. That was the audition process Dude. for Angela. <laughs> that is terrifying. But so anyway, so. After after Angela and Ricky leave the horrible acting aunt's house, they arrive, we get our we get our arrival to the camp. And our arrival to the camp, there's kids running around and you can see like some of the counselors and the owners, some old guy with a cigar who's just yelling at people about buses. Oh, like get those buses yeah. to the barn. Oh my god. And can we just can we just blanket the audio in this like right here this early in the review? Can we just blanket statement the audio is noise? horrible the audio in this is so bad like i get that this movie didn't have the money for like real post-production mixing and uh adr and re-recording but oh dear god the audio in this movie is so terrible yeah the the audio mixing is horrible like they literally sound like they just told people like just shout and then we're gonna put you at the same decibel level um, oh, the, but yeah. so we, we meet, we meet the most important pl- employee of this camp, the pedophile chef. 
Oh, and... I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say the the Fonz, the guy that looks like uh, Dustin Hoffman's face was put on uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone's body. The guy with the shortest shorts, like my. But the nicest point... hair. The nicest so, hair. So just slightly after my note about this, I have, dude, that guy's moose knuckle is the whole f- moose. <laughs> I forgot that note. My note so, about him was what I said about it looks like Dustin Hoffman if he was ripped. <laughs> so anyway, so we meet the pedophile chef and he's written very strangely. And here's the thing. Strangely in terms of a pedophile or strange in terms of a character? <laughs> Both and but, but what I'm get what I'm getting at is this is Matthew McConaughey if his character grew up from dazed and confused. So well no 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 what I'm getting at is so this guy is very overweight. He's probably late thirties, early to mid forties, um, and he's sitting there and he's picking his teeth with a blade of grass, and he's like, look at all this young meat. Where I come from, we don't. We call him hairless or something. Like it, dude. It's oh. so, it's oh. so on the nose Ugh. and so disgusting what this guy's saying. And then the one guy's oh, like, that was so gross. The one yeah, guy's he, like, um, the one guy goes, they're too young to understand what's on your mind. And he goes, where I'm from, there's no such thing as too young. You're just too old. And they're like, ha ha ha. Oh, you guy who's openly drinking a beer and, and obviously a pedophile that works at a freaking camp. Oh yeah, thank you for making note of that. That this guy is just openly drinking on the job, <laughs> like, like, so, so. Oh, and by the way, the I'm, guy that the, the guy that he w- that said the uh, those girls don't know what you're talking about. That is James Earl Jones's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I am not. Did I? Did you honestly not know that? No. On, I because uh, he plays right so to... he plays so little of a role. I didn't think anything of him. No, no, he actually is. Um, I was trying. Uh, I closed the tab that I wanted, uh, or I should have kept open for this because no, one of the videos that I watched that was recapping this movie that just to see, I wanted to see what other people thought of this movie if they hated it as much as I do. <laughs> but no, that is actually James Earl Jones's dad, Robert Earl Jones. Huh. So one of the, that specific moment was replayed in one of the videos I watched, and I swear to God, it actually sounded like Mufasa specifically in that moment. <laughs> so, what? But what I'm getting at with the pedophile character being written weird is I don't know if it's if it's any of these one certain things or a combination of them. I don't know if it's that this movie wasn't written very well. I don't know if it's they wanted to make this or they deliberately like we have to make this guy as disgusting as possible to really make the audience love what happens to him or and this is a stretch. I don't know if uh, pedophiles were as widely kind of like understood or people were aware of them at the time. Because and the only reason I say that is they almost seem like they're trying so hard to be like, no, this guy wants to have sex with kids. I don't know if they're doing that in an effort to be like, we need you to understand what this guy's wanting because it's so because, again, I don't know if at the time if people understood that that was a thing that existed or that kind of person is exists. 
maybe they were like, hey, we really got to make people understand like what we're getting at because if we're too indirect, maybe they won't get it. So I don't know if it's any one of those individual things or if it's a combination. Um, mm, I, I'm i of two minds. I, but... I, I will say this. I'm leaning towards the my last thought is very much not one of the reasons. I think this movie genuinely wanted to use this as the starting block for the reasons why people get killed off later in the movie. Like we wanted to, I think the director actually was a little smart with this, with starting with the most. He was a little smart with this. He just seems stupid. I think he had an interesting idea here. Starting off with the worst thing that happens in this movie to set up uh, the the rest of the movie with like it's not as bad as uh, getting well, assaulted and the, raped, but the other... that sets the tone for who ends up. I I mean, it's, if it's not obvious, who we're trying to not spoil, but I think in the end it makes sense to start off with an atrocity this bad versus everybody else that like well, they are doing bad other, things. Here's the other thing with the way the movie plays out. Maybe that what they're using is this person had something terrible happen to him and it caused them to have to repress their natural, um, their natural urges sexually. And then something horrific happens to them sexually and it just unleashes this unhinged and uncontrollable rage yes maybe yes yes no i that's that's try that's the theory i'm not doing a great job of articulating i think that is what it is i don't think personally that like being a pedophile like maybe being a just a a, a character that's an open pedophile was a bigger thing or a more acceptable thing back then like uh i don't think it would be like i said i don't necessarily think it was more accepted because it's disgusting but what I'm getting terrible, but like think of the the, but what the, the but ousted what I'm Louis C.K. Like but, Louis C.K. had a sorry. What I'm getting at is is maybe I don't think acceptable is the right word. I think it's just maybe less known. I think well the the, the casualness of just like this guy's got a full time job. This guy's saying these inappropriate things and everybody's just laughing them off. Like I was saying, the Louis C.K. joke was back in the seventies. We just had the town pedophile. Uh, Tom down the street. We just had the to- we just had the town pedophile, and we all knew he was, but we were just all like, "Oh, don't go near his house. He's gonna rape you." Like, so, so after we meet the pedophile chef, we then meet the camp whore, Judy. Judy, Ugh. um, I've got a note in here that I don't know if you thought this. I I thought this very strongly. I think Judy looks a lot like Angela. No, except for except for she's not as developed as uh, Judy Angela is. No, I don't know if it's their. I I think it's their Uh. hair. Like, okay, guys. So something that I never saw because I wasn't born in the '80s or Arkansas is that these women and girls in this movie have unbelievably huge hair. That dude, that's just an '80s thing. I know. That's what I'm getting at, dude. People in the '80s, what's up with your shorts? What's up with your hair? Oh my god, 
that's just an 80s thing. Like, I could show you tons of, even, like, John Hughes movies. I could show you those. Yeah, and, like, I know, I know, I know. I, I know, I'm, I just want to point out, like, it's so ridiculously huge in this movie. So, uh, and then we also meet, we also meet the camp, uh, the, the counselor for the girl's cabin. And Dan and I had the exact same note the moment she's introduced. She's like, <laughs> hi, I'm Meg. And we both were like, shut up, Meg. No, she's, this is another one of my favorite lines in the movie. Um, when she's like, all right, guys, I'm your counselor, Meg. Get it? It's M-E-G, Meg. Like, <laughs> right after she said that, you know, that's there's, I t- you know, You know what they didn't show is there's, like, a jump cut where they cut to some girl sitting on her, like, bunk. And she's, like, frantically writing down on a notebook. She's like, M-E. Is there an R? <laughs> is there an R? I don't know if there's an R. <laughs> So that was the, that was the moment I wrote on my notepad. Uh, shut up, make like. <laughs> so, so after the you know you kind of meet a bunch of people in the um, uh, the cabin. They go to the mess hall for food time, and then we also get another example of just terribly mixed audio. <laughs> like, dude, it's just it's just nonsense noise. It's just like. They were like, hey, just be talk as loudly as you can, and then also just make as much noise as you can with your silverware and your cups and your plates. Like, just, it's like just what, make it. It's like what I was talking about with uh, Lewis. Um, I don't remember if it was on mic or not. Or no, it was off mic when we were talking about cats, how cats didn't Oh, yeah, you re- guys missed a pretty interesting conversation about cats. <laughs> when cats recorded their singing they just used the audio that was from the soundstage and they didn't remix it or uh, do anything with it it was raw audio from they didn't do any post-production audio is what you're getting at exactly again another example of the terrible audio in this movie it was just like okay we're gonna put the mic here just over behind the camera and just you're in a cafeteria just talk and it's just it's the oh it's terrible it's so bad. So so we're in the cafeteria, and Angela's sitting there, and she won't touch anything. And they bring over Moose Knuckle Man, and he comes over. And, again, 80s shorts are why I noticed this. Can so, we call him Rip Dustin Hoffman? <laughs> can we call him Moose Knuckle Hoffman? Because it kind of sounds like Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Moose Knuckle Hoffman. That was his nickname. <laughs> so... Moose Knuckle comes over and they're like, hey, like, she's not eating anything. And he's like, Angela, don't you want to eat anything? And she just stares at him like a psychopath. And he's like, come on, let's go back. uh, Let's go back in the kitchen and see if we can't find something you like. And so I bet the the chef will make you a nice sausage pizza. (laughs) So they take her back and he so one of my most bizarre notes is uh, beer drinking, drinking a beer on the job pedophile is also a close talker. He gets like, so so they they bring Angela back and he comes around from, I, I assume, scratching his ass. And because he is a disgusting slob. Oh, this dude. And, oh, yeah. They it, it, credit where credit is due. They they I don't know if it's the costuming or whatever, but they made this guy look as he is a disgust like dude did his teeth gross you out too like uh yes like they are noticeably brown and green 
and to set it up, like, this guy, like, has a comb over. Like, he's definitely starting to bald, and he's got a goatee. Like, not a beard, like, a straight-up, like, creeper goatee. Like, they make yeah. this guy look as gross as possible. His his clothes are covered in grease. But anyway, so, uh, he they're like, hey, you want to go back in the cupboard? And, like, literally gets three inches from her face. I'm like, I can only imagine how bad his breath smells. She's like, can we go back in the cupboard and see if you want anything? Huh, huh, do you, do you? And so then they have uh, Dustin Hoffman. He takes a phone call. And so he goes back there, and he's like, you see anything you like? And she just stands there like a deer in the headlights. He's like, I got something you'll like. And he starts whipping out his penis. And it's really creepy because it's about to be a rape scene with a child. But also, like, he gets ca- he gets caught because Ricky goes up to the girls' table, and he's like, hey, uh, where's Angela? And they're like, uh, he went uh, – uh, Moose Knuckle Hoffman took her into the kitchen to go talk to Pedo Beer Guy so that um, he could see if we could get something made for her. She's like, oh, okay, I'll just go back there. So he just walks back there unaccompanied and he walks into the, the pantry. And the guy, so this was like a continuity error that I pointed out. Like, like the guy turns around and he doesn't. He, so in the movie, what he does is, I don't know if he unbuttons his pants. He at least undoes his belt and his zipper. Yeah, he. And so I, he I don't hears, remember the. I don't remember the button, but I. Yeah, I do remember the 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 belt. So he hears um Ricky coming in, and he zips up real quick, but he turns around while buttoning his belt or doing his belt, and it's like if you want to not look suspicious, maybe don't be adjusting your pants while you're in a back closet room with a minor. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> so he does, he does that and he, he pins Ricky up there and he's like, I'll kill you if you ever say anything. Don't say it. I'll beat you up. And Ricky's like, just get away. And he starts close talking to Ricky and Ricky's like, if you let me go, I won't say anything. Your breath is so disgusting. I'm going to vomit. And so he grabs Angela, <laughs> Ricky grabs Angela and they run out and they're like, Oh my God. And they're like, what happened? And he's like, I guess I, uh, I guess I must've scared them. And the camp, the camp owner is who asked what's going on after two kids run out of an enclosed room with a guy that is clearly exhibiting signs of being a pedophile every waking moment he's on screen. And, th- and he's like, I guess I scared him. And the guy's like, yeah, I guess you did. And then he just starts smoking a cigar and he doesn't investigate further. And so, what happens is when he comes out of the room, this is the continuity error. When he comes out of the room, he is once again doing his belt. And it's not like he's adjusting his belt. He's full on buckling his belt. So he had it fixed, walked out of the back room and then decided as he's walking out, I better just completely redo this belt. I, I got nothing. I, (laughs) I think there's a bigger continuity error near the end, but I I, like, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to the belt as closely, clearly okay. as you were. <laughs> here's here's the thing. There's a lot of things wrong with this scene, uh, given the fact that it, it like the nature of the scene is just like as morally wrong as possible. But also, I think that's I what saw, ra- I, I saw a continuity error, and my stupid brain was like, "You better make sure you point that out." I. Okay, thank you. I I, th- I think I was just more appalled at just, like, how dark and disgusting this scene was. <laughs> yeah. So, then we get the follow-up to this scene, which is James Earl Jones' dad. Uh, we're going to call him uh, Father Vader. 
So Father Vader and Pedo Beer Guy are in the kitchen, and they've got like just a unbelievably huge pot of water, and it's boiling. And they're they're shucking corn, and uh, Father Vader's like, "Hey, uh, is the water ready?" And then the pedophile is like, "Well, give me a minute, I'll check." And this guy's a professional cook, like, and when I mean professional cook, what I mean is he gets paid to prepare food. He's not a chef. Um, and so he goes and he goes and touches the gigantic metal pot that is boiling water. And he's like, I'm going to touch the top of it. And he burns his hand. And I was like, what sort of professional cook doesn't have a hot pad or an oven mitt? So the one guy, I don't know what father Vader said, but he's like, I'm going to, he's like, Hey, are you coming? Are you leaving? Are you coming for this? And he's like, no, I'm going to stay and put the corn in. And he's like, all right, I'll meet you over at the whatever. So he leaves. And then pedophile guy is like, all right, I'm going to go get salt. He salts the water, sugar or salt. I don't know. I, funny thing is I, whenever I have cooked corn myself, I know you're supposed to add either salt or sugar to it. Whenever I've cooked it for myself, I've just boiled the corn. <laughs> Because I oh it's I know it's salt because I was like that just is making it unnecessarily unhealthy so I just boil corn, so he's putting it in there, <laughs> and so he decides he's like well I know it's almost impossible to get to the top of this uh, pot without without like a step stool or a chair so he stands on a chair and then we see hear someone come in or see someone come in and we got the killer POV and they basically oh I I hate killer POV by the way. That's something that I just generally hate in any single movie. Like, I don't, it, I mean, obviously, like, horror, but, like, any time that, like, suspicious person POV and the camera's just kind of floating around and, like, oh, God, duck here, and oh, God, a duck there. Like, I mm, I hate POV. I hate villain POV. Like, uh, so, like, snakes on a plane. Like, you go into the snake's point of view while they're going through the cabin, and then they poke out, and they see the person they're going to bite next. And it's just like, ugh. Movie, stop. Just leave me in suspense of not knowing where the villain is. Like, don't do that. I ugh, I just hate that so much personally. So we see him die. Basically, someone uh, comes in, sh- like, knocks the chair over that he's standing on and causes him to, as he's falling down, reach for something to brace himself. And because he's leaning forward, they've knocked. Basically, they knock him forward and the chair scoots out a little bit, then they yank the chair out from underneath him, and he, he grabs, tries to grab something to brace himself, and he knocks the pot of boiling water on him. And one of the first times that I really want to compliment the movie on something is I think the makeup and the effects for this scene are great. I think they do a very good job of making him look like he's got burns and boils all over him. All the murders blisters. in this movie do look good. If I, do, if, I, if I may give a compliment besides my thoughts on the actual ending... The only other one I could give is, like, whatever corpses they have to have throughout the movie, the however many dozen or whatever. All the corpses honestly look pretty good in this movie. Like, if any yeah. money was invested, it was clearly I think, for I th- the kills. Honestly, I think that is where the money was invested, is they were like, hey, we're not going to look cheap and crappy in terms of our effects. No, so, not, at, not at all. The honestly, the dead, the, just the dead bodies, like specifically that, look really, really good in this movie for yeah. sure. So every square inch of this guy's skin is uh, burned pretty severely too. Like thir- they're like, yeah, it's like third degree burns, and he might also lose his sight. 
And can so we, can we can we dock a little bit of points off of the fact that we're sitting on him screaming for literally 60 Mississippis? Like, yeah, I know. I was like, guys, could you get him wheeled out of the room? Um, but then the owner is basically like, so do you think what happened? They're like, oh, I think he was just careless. And then the one guy's like, no, like we've done this a million times. He's not he he wouldn't get himself hurt, even though he clearly is committing an OSHA violation. And this guy's uh, a corn master. He knows how to boil corn, sir. <laughs> there's two. There's three things. This guy's four things. This guy's good at being a slob, drinking beer on the job, being a pedophile. And he is a good ass corn preparer. <laughs> this guy, this guy is great at three things. And there are boiling corn, diddling kids and drinking beer. He struck out with the ladies, and he's all out of beer. I know he knows how to do corn. <laughs> like, it's it's just it it's just so weird. And then so they're like, well, we could say it's a, well, we're gonna say it's an accident. We don't think there was any like the owner's like, we're not gonna say that there's any mal or bad like foul play. And so they're <laughs> so he basically pays off the kitchen staff. By promoting Darth Vader's dad, giving him more money, and then he's like, I'll give all the rest of the workers $15 more a week. And I was Yo, like, in 1980 money, that is a lot of money. I was like, I was like, in 80s money, that's probably $50. Dude, that was so much money. By the way, it? I want to put on my woke hat, and everybody in the cast or everybody that was working in the kitchen was a minority. I just wanted to throw that out there. Or a pedophile. Um, so (laughs) (laughs) so then so then we cut to like literally i'm not even kidding you this this baseball game is filler it serves no purpose other than to establish that ricky swears there is so much filler in this that like is trying to just be like atmospheric of just like oh well this is like now we're a slice of life movie where we're playing baseball well, or whenever they prank the, or whenever trying, the boys prank each other like there's so much filler in this movie. What they're really trying to do is they're trying to establish an atmosphere of normalcy for this camp. And right, the problem the, is the, the, slice the of problem life, is yeah. the problem is they do it for too long. So we have we have this terrible baseball scene. And I've got a couple quick notes on it. Is oh another another one of the great lines in this movie is in this scene. So I've got I've got, he called him safe before he touched the plate and before the ball was in the guy's glove. Like literally, he's running home. The ball has not got home, but the runner has not touched home plate, and the umpire's like safe. Literally, you would be the only person to notice this. <laughs> And then the other, and then another note I have from it is eat and die, eat and live. Yeah. That is the greatest (laughs) lines in the entire movie. That was, that's also up there with, uh, my name is Meg M E G. Like there's, there's so many handful of lines in this handfuls of lines. Uh, I can't talk right now. So many lines in this movie that I would just love to clip out just to, like, listen to the soundbite out of context. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And then the only other note that I really have about this, uh, you pointed you pointed out that the prank they play on the on Mozart or whatever his name is, uh, where they have him do the blindfolded sit up into a guy's butt cheeks. 
uh, you were like, huh, sick prank, bro. But the other thing that I have, I've never personally witnessed that prank, but I have seen that prank in other movies before where like, yeah. that's like a big moment. It's just like, oh, that's original. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then the other one I have is sick Cobra shirt. Some guy's got a sick Cobra shirt. Is this the guy, is this the guy that only wears crop tops? That's like the I counselor of the guy's cabin. No, no, no. This is the guy on the other team that loses. That is like five years younger than these kids. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I've got a note. I, I, the, uh, the next kind of note I have is the, it goes back to our audio problem. Another audio problem is they don't handle gain very well. And what I'm getting at is, is there's several times where people just start talking in like large rooms and they're trying to talk over the crowd and because the director is like, we're going to keep the crowd noise where it's at and not lower it a couple dB, the people are yelling so loud that it blows out the gain and the mic levels. And so the like the audio that's already terrible gets worse. Well, you only have the one source mic. Again, there's no other budget for the audio other than the one mic that they were probably using to capture this. So the director could have, like, given his lack of experience, probably didn't think to say, hey... You all whisper or just don't say anything. The actors are talking right now. So yeah. to set the scene, yeah, like, okay, you're all having fun and having a party and probably just didn't even think or just realize, like, oh, well, okay, this may come off as atmospheric. Why not? Like, we're at a party. Like, maybe he thought that this would sound yeah. better than it did because it sounded, I... yeah, terrible. So then um, one of my next notes is... So they're they're in this this kind of like recreational hall. Uh, it's got like it's a, a it's canteen. a mixer. This is this is the mixer where they confront Angela, right? Yeah, it's it's one of the mixers where like they've got benches to hang out at. There's a pool table. There's like a snack bar, kind of general stuff. Uh, it's kind of like a um, uh, like a commons sort of like at at a college campus sort of. Yeah. Um. So Ricky gets in a fight because he sees two boys picking on Angela. And so he just starts getting in a fight and you can literally see, you can literally see the owner of the camp standing there watching the fight that if no one interferes with and someone gets injured, he could be held responsible for. And he's just standing there doing nothing. So my note is, hey, camp owner guy, are you going to break up the obvious fist fight you're watching? Because <laughs> it's only, pretty obvious that they're just punching each other. My only note on this was right before the fight broke out when uh, the guy was trying to talk to Angela and she didn't say anything. And then the second guy was like, you got to be smooth with this. Hey, Angela, why don't you Three. come out to the why don't you come out to the lake with us? And she still doesn't say anything. And so guy number one snaps and just goes, hey, Angela, why are you so up like <laughs> i almost i almost had to pause the movie because i was laughing so hard at how hard or at how quickly that escalated i was like whoa you have no patience whatsoever <laughs> so um so they they have this fight ricky's uh buddy comes over uh who also so this buddy it's his best buddy and you can tell they're best friends because when they first get to camp he's like hey ricky I'm talking to you in front of a female. You should see Judy because she definitely got boobs. It's like 
so <laughs> not subtly handled. Okay, that was kind of believable for like a thirteen-year-old kid to just be like, "Yo, it, okay, she here's grew the thing." It's over the summer. Like, here's the here's the thing. It's believable that a thirteen-year-old kid would be that vulgar with his best friend. Right. The problem is, really, you're that tone deaf. You can't see that there is a girl like right next to him. Dude, thirteen. You just answered your own question. No. So. So, so here, uh, here, so anyway, here so anyway, here's another one of my favorite he, lines in the movie too. So he he sits down and he he starts talking to her for a little bit, and then Judy is sitting across the room, and Judy wants all the penises for her, and she sees that Angela is talking to a boy, and she's like, "I want that penis," and she's just not cool with Angela getting any sort of attention from girls. And I'm not kidding you. My note is. Jesus, why are you jealous of her? How many dicks do you need to be satisfied? My only note at the when the scene was done, my only note was uh <laughs> I can't remember his name, but when the best friend's talking to Judy and he's like, Oh yeah, me and Ricky, we've been friends forever. We go back three years. Like <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I love that. He's like, We go way back three years. I was like, that sounds like a Nicolas Cage ad lib. <laughs> I actually uh, thought that was kind of I actually like given that they're as young as they were I kind of thought like that that I thought that was a nice touch that like they would think that that was a big deal that they knew each other for more than a year let alone three like I, yeah, I, I remember, that was one moment I actually kind of genuinely thought remember was nice. when we were kids and two years felt like an eternity um, oh yeah that's that's the whole conceit of this movie brick um, so so anyway so they they break up the mixer and the guys are like, we're going to go skinny dipping with some chicks. And then the chicks are like, yeah, we're not feeling it. And so the guys are like, we'll show you. We'll all get naked and then go swimming together to prove how masculine and, and how much, yeah. how irresistible we are to women. And I'm like, I don't think that works the way you think it works. Oh, seven, oh, 70s or 80s. I kept thinking this movie came from the 70s, even though it came out in 83. Like some of the stuff that happens in it, like made me think of like. I don't know. I it felt like this movie was shot ten years before it was actually released. <laughs> yeah. So the guys go skinny dipping and they're like, "You should wait for Hannah or something." And they're like, "Okay." And there's these two guys that are smoking weed, and they're like, "We're gonna go take uh, this one Hannah girl out on the canoe." The guy flips the canoe over and she's like, "I hate you, Greg. You're such a jerk." And she, like, swims back to shore. And if you're wondering why all the girl impressions I'm doing sound the same, that's because all the girls sound the same in this movie. Um, and so she starts swimming back. He's underneath the canoe that's still flipped over. And then we just see a head oh pop God. out of the water. I loved he, I loved and, what he was singing in the under the boat. Like, yeah. I don't re- what was do you re- did you write down any of the lyrics? I don't remember. No, the- I didn't write any of the lyrics. I didn't recognize the song either. He's just singing some ridiculous nonsense. And he's high. <laughs> oh, he's so, high. Oh my god! I wish I wrote some of them down because it was so funny. Whatever he was singing under the boat. <laughs> so, so he's Caesar, and um, he uh, I, we didn't talk about him before. He was one. He was either the guy that said Jesus, Angela, what's wrong with you, or he was the guy that's like you got to be smooth. I can't remember which, but he was one of the guys that was trying to get Angela to go skinny dipping. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it was the guy that snapped, but I might be wrong. I think it is too. And so he goes, you, what are you doing here? And then they, the what person. What are you doing here, Stuart? 
And then you just see a hand come up and the hand just shoves him underwater. And either he didn't try to live that hard or the person drowning him has the strength of the freaking Hulk. Right. Because like with no effort, they just like put him underwater and hold him. Like well, no got, effort. Aren't, aren't, aren't water spiders poisonous? Like maybe he got bit by one. I don't know. I don't know snakes. You just said spiders and snakes. Or and also, water, and, or water snakes. Sorry. Uh, some can be. Some aren't. Um, well, maybe he got maybe he got bit. I don't know. Well, he was making up the thing about the water snake to get that girl just to be more scared for being in the water. But go to the next part. So, the next part is the next morning, or after this, the friends are like, "Hey, he's been under there." The one friend that he was with that he was smoking blade, and there he's like, "Hey, he's been there a while." And he's like, "Oh, he's just being a smartass. He'll come to the cabin." Just come back in. He'll 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 wise up and he'll come in. And my first thought was, you were just skinny dipping, so we know you're not adverse to going in the water. So now you're just <laughs> a lazy jerk, not checking on your friend that might have hit his head, flipping over a canoe and knocked himself out. Right. Um. So he dies, and the next morning, uh, shows that the lifeguard for the lake, uh, he is going around picking up all the stuff. Oh, oh my and, God! The the lifeguard complaining, walking across the 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 yeah that the sand. that life that lifeguard hates his life. Oh my God! He, he does said, not want to I guard wrote his down, life. I wrote down. Uh, <laughs> I wrote down when he was. I think it was right when he knocked over a chair and was like, Ugh, "These pickleheads suck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is a picklehead? I don't know, but I love that line. I paused the movie to write that down because that cracked me up. <laughs> so, he's like. The best part is he's, like, losing his mind, and then he just goes, what is this doing here? And he just sees a canoe totally out of place, and he goes and he flips it over. And like we get, again, we get some pretty good dead guy makeup. Yeah, and a snake comes out his, of his mouth, too. Like, his, I, his, flesh, his flesh looks like it's kind of boiled and, like, it's been chewed on by animals. He looks like he's completely drained of oxygen, and it's, it's a, and it looks believable. It's good makeup. Yeah, no, it, it's, yeah. Credit where credit is due. They they spend good or, money on the Or corpses. if it's if it's not makeup because his eyes stay open, it's a good dummy. It is very good. Uh it is it is a dummy. All the corpses we see in this movie are dummies. Okay. So they they cart him out and the officer is just like, uh, we don't know if he drowned or like we don't know exactly what happened, and the owner wants to officer, bury Officer Greatest Porn Stash ever. Officer Greatest Porn Stash ever until late in the movie when it's not very good. Oh my god! That... And we'll explain. We'll explain later in the movie because Dan actually found some trivia about it. Oh, that's so, that's our, that's objectively my favorite trivia I write about this movie. <laughs> so the the owner is deliberately trying to sweep this under the rug too. He's like, well, maybe he just fell out and he he hit his head, like kind of like what I said. Maybe he when he flipped when the canoe flipped, he hit his head. He was knocked unconscious and he drowned. Maybe that's what happened. And the the uh, moose knuckle. He's like talking to the cop, and he's just and the cop's like, "Hey, what uh, what did you see?" And then Moose Knuckles like, "My eyes are up here," and he just goes, "Okay, well, I remember the kid being a really good swimmer." And the cop's like, "Huh?" And he gets in his car, but like the owner's like really trying to push off, like, "Oh, it's an accident, and no one's be- no one's being attacked. Like these are just like bad accidents that are happening." The owner is the mayor from Jaws, except dumber. Um, and so well, he, the next he at least acknowledges that when the op- before the officer leaves, well, I have to do the unfortunate task of calling this 
uh, this kid's parents now. So at least he's got yeah. a little bit of humility there. Yeah. So I don't really remember what exactly happens in this scene that I sent this note in, but I, I just want to point it out. I was like, Judy seems self-centered enough to have a shirt with her own name on it. <laughs> oh, that's just, just a great observation. <laughs> Is that when they're playing volleyball? That <laughs> Is that when they're playing volleyball? And, and she's ju- I think it's when they're playing volleyball, and it just says Judy oh on my her God. shirt. I was like, you ass. Yeah, because remember so, your name is hard sometimes. <laughs> so no, actually, I think they're they're close to the water, and so they're at the pond. There's one day where they're at the pond. Oh yeah, this is a, this is a big thing because throughout the movie, Angela is just sitting at the water and just refuses to get in the water, and she she is refusing to do any activities really. Like well, they make a big emphasis about uh, confronting her whenever they're at the the side of the lake. Like there's a there's more than one instance in this movie where yeah. they confront her at the lake. So another th- another thing to point out that we didn't mention about the social is when the one kid's like, I'll see you tomorrow. Good night. Angela finally speaks and she's like, good night. And the one kid's like, hot damn, I got her to talk. So, hot damn, I'm going to have a fun jerk off tonight. <laughs> <laughs> trying not to be super crude. Um, but so uh, they're kind of talking at- as a couple, man, I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know why I found them adorable. There's there's decent there's decent moments between the two of them. I'll I'll cave on that. Like there there are there are little moments here and there where like where kids are acting like kids or preteens are acting like preteens that like I what I think it is is it's like the shy awkwardness that she has paired with his youthful excitement of these feelings he has. Right, it's not. It, it just it just works really well. No, it's it's not it's not terrible. Like you're pulling out more compliments now that we've had two days because we both it, well you three days me two days uh, since we watched this. Like there's there are glimmers of moments where like okay this movie's actually not terrible if you look at like isolated moments like here and yeah. there. And that's one of them. Like, whenever they're, like, being a couple, no, they, they a don't lot, have terrible chemistry. A lot of the good moments in this movie, too, just have you kind of like, oh, you wasted it on this. Um, uh, yeah, especially so, the ending. <laughs> so there's there's a there's another line I want to point out, and it says, is there something you'd like to go do? Go sailing, maybe. Oh, okay, actually, I take that back. So this is when they're playing volleyball. Uh, that's actually a big, that's actually a big line. <laughs> well, what I remember, what I remember is, so this line is said by like the assistant camp uh, or assistant like uh, bunk leader uh, for the cabin that Angela's in. I don't remember her name, um, but she's like the nicest person in this movie. Yeah. And she she says, Angela, is there something you'd like to go do? Because she's not playing volleyball and they just scared off her boyfriend. And uh, she's like, do you want to go sailing? Maybe I'm not going to fully explain why, but I like literally we're I'm sitting there watching the movie and I just went, I have never caught that line before. Holy crap. So then after that uh, scene of Angela talking to her boyfriend at the volleyball court, uh, we cut back to Ricky's cabin and Mozart is asleep and they are playing a prank on him. Where these ten-year-olds brought shaving, or these thirteen-year-olds brought shaving cream to camp. So they either are really like someone's on steroids or beaver tranquilizers, uh, or oh, this is a, this is they another had a com- prank planned. This is another common prank, dude. This is this yeah. is just as common back then as the hitting your face on somebody's butt. Like that's that's just another prank. So Mozart's asleep, and they do the they do the shaving cream with a feather thing. 
And he wakes up and he's like, I'll kill you. But my note before he, before he starts trying to attack him is I was like, dude, I think he's got a porn mag. <laughs> like there's a, so I got the, I think it's called Scream Factory 2K Blu-ray of this. Um, and you, t- you mentioned that you saw the HD up, upscale of this it's, too. Yeah. Well, you can I, see, I, I don't know if they knew this at the time or didn't think at the time you wouldn't be able to see this detail, but I could see this because it was HD. I was like, I think he's got a porn mag. I I watched this. Chest. You you did have a better version of this than I did because you had a Blu-ray. Um, I was this is the first movie I ever watched on Peacock, uh, the NBC streaming service, and I I couldn't tell. Maybe that's the streamer's fault, but I, I I'll take your word for it. But I the the the, the bigger thing is that like. This guy so then, overreacts with a just, freaking butt like, knife. He gets he gets he gets shaving cream in the face, and his first logical reaction is, "You know what? I should spring out of bed, pull out my buck knife, and start chasing people and screaming, i 'I'm going to kill you.'" Oh, and that's just boys being boys. And then Captain Crop Top takes the knife away. And then they all just tackle each other, and they have a good laugh on the bed, just like, ah. Well, like. Cap- the thing I want to point out about Captain Crop Top, Captain Crop Top's like, you're going to be lucky if you get this back at the end of the summer. And what he does to hide it is, as everyone is watching him, he sets it on a bookshelf and then puts, like, a pillow over it. Oh, yeah, great And great that's him spots. confiscating <laughs> a weapon. It's like, you. I was like, you just moved it. You didn't do anything. Yeah, you didn't so, take it. You didn't take it to the the owner's office or Moose Knuckles' office. Like you just, okay. Well, I'm just gonna put it up here, and you better not get it later. Like, <laughs> so we then cut to a scene uh, where Angela's boyfriend comes and talks to her, and Judy comes over, and she's like, "Hey, I want you to all right," and and then the guy's like, "No, Judy," and she's like, "I hate you. I'm gonna ruin your life." And so she leaves. She goes and tells Meg. Meg comes over and is like, hey, you need to leave. And then Meg start, and the kid leaves. And so she's like, Meg, how come you never – or uh, Angela, how come you never go swimming? And Angela just sits there and stares at her. And then we go from one overreaction scene to another where she starts shaking and screaming at her and then slaps her in the face. Oh, I forgot she slapped her in the face. I remember she like manhandling her, like shaking her like a. Rag well, okay, doll, I take but... I take back I take back the slap in the face. I might be thinking of a different scene. But yeah, I was gonna dude, say I don't like... think she slapped her right then, but she was shaking her like a rag doll. <laughs> but, but I've just uh, I, my other note. Uh, sorry, we're swearing so much, but this movie is just so ridiculous. It brings out like true, like just insane notes. Is chill the. F- out lady you're just asking her about swimming so what if she sits in silence uh my note at that part was um or actually no i didn't really have that many notes after oh i (laughs) uh or no we're not at that part of the movie yet no i had a big gap in the notes uh when we're in this scene a little bit later on though there's one there well i mean there's a couple notes i want to read but there's one specific one that involves judy i want to read when we get there <laughs> so she <laughs> she uh she gets reprimanded by moose knuckle and he's like we need to talk so they go back to their cabin after they're done swimming at the lake and judy is like hey angela how come you never take showers with with the rest of us Are oh this cool? is the note i wanted to tell you <laughs> so that this is the line delivery people 
This is this is the exact line. You queer something? And I'm not kidding you. I was like, if she was queer, or okay, let me rephrase that. If she if she was into like women, girls, whatever. If that if that's her, she would very much want to shower with you guys. <laughs> like I don't understand that quite like that question doesn't work well i i i mean no we're not we're not gonna i'm not i'm not gonna dissect that i <laughs> but but then we get one of the greatest insults i've ever heard in my life she's a real carpenter's dream flat as a board and needs a screw oh my god it's like that line, like, the way she delivers you, it, to, the way that she delivers it too is like when she was, she was like reciting a Dr. Seuss limerick, like she's a so vindictive. She's as flat as a board and she needs a screw. Like it's so vindictive. Like literally that line is delivered so well that I really just want to pause the movie and go, Mwah! like, like a, if this movie was like made a pizza na- chef. If this movie was made now, there would be a crowd of people around her like a rap battle, and everybody would be going like, "Oh, world star!" Like, so at I'm trying to remember, just going through my notes. Uh, what are what are, some, what are you what are you spacing on? Like so after after this is when after this is when. Angela is like walking over to, or after this is the water balloon scene. <laughs> when she dies <laughs> from a water balloon. Oh yeah, and the and the owner of the camp like this is the first. Well, yes. what's important? Yes, what's yes, important? yes. Because I was trying to remember because my my notes aren't very specific after this point. Like they're specific, but they don't aren't they don't say what's going on in the scene. Like, cause I remember you were talking about like the owner starts yelling because Ricky's like, "I'll kill you, I'll kill you," and then the boyfriend comes over and is like, "Hey, are, are you okay?" And she's acting like she got a concussion. And my note is, "Dude, you're wearing shorts. Why are your socks so high?" Because oh my god, you clearly were paying the, attention. <laughs> because the owner of the camp socks are like, he's wearing shorts and they're like right below his knee, and he's not wearing them ironically. Okay, well, what's actually important about this scene is that we get a glimmer of just the 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 relationship between Ricky and the Ricky and Angela. He's overreacting like but it's we, like his actual sister. But we uh, also we also get to see uh, him him saying, "I'm going to kill them," like threatening the worst kind of violence you can threat in front of the camp owner, which in a couple scenes kind of comes back to bite him in the ass. Right. It's the first inclination that um, he thinks that something's going on with Ricky, like as potentially being the cause of all these accidents. And at the same time, yeah, like it's just, it reestablishes that, that, that relationship that they have. Like he protects Angela, like it's a sister. And then, yeah, the boyfriend comes in and like, I mean, again, this is all, in the context of she got hit by a freaking water balloon of all things. And they're treating it like she literally got shot by a rifle. Like (laughs) she dropped, like it hit her. And she's like, it's like the Zapruder film. So, (laughs) so, or Aaron Rodgers, my knee. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers is better than any quarterback you've had in the last 12 years. Um, who lost in the NFC Championship game? Just saying. Who lost in the NFC Championship game? Who's won two Super Bowls since 95? 
who's been to or who's been to two since 2010 even though you did win that game so i i was yeah, gonna say like you have no room um <laughs> if you want to get me on stuff get me on the what the giants did to my cardinals um <laughs> but uh so it's been a while since someone died so one of the guys that uh hit angela with a water balloon she uh not she he goes in and they're like hey we're gonna go play a baseball game are you coming with and he's dude this line again like some of these lines are just like beautiful uh he says sure but i gotta take a wicked dump first now if you're me this line raises several questions mainly like is it huge or is it diarrhea? Because if it's huge, eat more fiber. But if it's diarrhea, diarrhea. If it's diarrhea, <laughs> diarrhea. Reba, di- Reba, Reba, Reba McIntyre comes out and like lands in the toilet bowl. She's like, "Howdy, y'all! I'm diarrhea." <laughs> um, but no, I was like, if it's if it's if it's huge, eat more fiber. If it's diarrhea, maybe you shouldn't be playing a sport. So he new hashtag diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm writing that down so it can be the stinger. Oh my god, that is hilarious. That is so funny. (laughs) I'm thinking of the Reba show that I I watched. Dude, I love that show. That show is fantastic. I watched a couple episodes of that, like when my mom would just have Lifetime on, like, and it was like during its syndication, like in the morning or early afternoon. Like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So uh, anyway, focus. <laughs> We've already gone really long on this. Let's focus. <laughs> yeah, guys, we're we're barely over halfway through this movie. Yeah, so, I'm about to have diarrhea. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he <laughs> he's sitting on the toilet, and someone comes in the bathroom, and they slide a broomstick in between the bathroom stalls so that the door won't open, and then they go around, and they've got the buck knife that was confiscated. And they cut open, uh, rather haphazardly, by the way, they cut open the screen and then they stick in a stick that has a wasp net, a bee's nest on it and just start shaking it. And the guy, Ah, ah!" (laughs) yeah, the guy, the guy gives a less convincing scene of that than Nick Cage. And, uh, basically the thing is as gruesome as his body is, I don't know if he's allergic to the bees or they like started eating him as well as stinging him. I asked you that too because I didn't like. There's no establishment. Like I didn't remember who so, this guy was in general. Like I kind of forgot like what he did to her. But at the same time, good God, bees don't do that to people unless they're like literally like the sight of a bee makes them break out. Like good God. So one thing I want to point out about. Uh, the way that they show the bees in this, my mom is like deathly allergic to bees, right? Oh, I thought you were gonna say your mom's a beekeeper. <laughs> no, my mom, my mo- yeah, another weird fact about my family. No, uh, my my mom, my mom is severely allergic to bees. So I remember like having to get when I had my asthma. Like, what is it? What is stereotypical of when you're allergic to bees? You get stung, your airways close up. I'm asthmatic, so they're like, your airways are already faulty. So they tested me to see if I was allergic to bees. And from what I remember, the, the test said I'm not. But 
from what I remember, it just swelled up a little bit. Like in this, there's like holes and bees are coming out of them. Like they're hives. Like I think they ate this guy. I, I guess they did. Like it's, it's weird to me. I've never heard of bees like being that aggressive with somebody, but I mean, for the sake of the movie and the sake of the gore factor, sure. I guess like, I don't know. So after that, um, they have the scene where like all the counselors are meeting and they're like, all right, these counselors are on duty for the social hour. This one guy's going to take his kids on a camping trip and they're going to camp out on the lake and have campfires. And then Meg, you're off tonight. You don't have to do anything. And she's got a date with the camp owner and, I've got like I had a I had a note but I I think it might have got sent to the wrong person because it what's weird is so the camp owner's like 67ish like he's old as hell and this one girl is like in her mid 20s right Oh, if that, she's probably like 20 or 21 at the oldest. Yeah. So it's a, it's a mom and pop owned camp. What is dating or sleeping with your boss going to get you? I don't know, but that was so freaking creepy and gross. Uh, you breaking that down though, reminded me that we did forget one, one moment where during one of the Angela, uh, freak outs, um, or confrontations, not freak outs. Uh, one of the Angela confrontations. Meg, uh, Meg and Judy throw her in the lake, and then um, the camp owner is freaking out, and he's yelling at Ricky, and he's got him by the arm, and he's like, "Are you trying?" Because I've got I've got this note of "You killed them to destroy me, didn't you?" And I was like, "Yeah, sixty year old guy, a fourteen year old has a vendetta against you." Yeah, that you presumably just met this year, so yeah. So I just wanted to point out that that's important because it does that does pay off that pays off uh, immediately here. because well, so she's Meg's got the night off so she she's like hey I gotta go on this hot date and they're like who's your hot date and she's like I'm not gonna tell it's the owner um, and so she doesn't want to wait in line to go to use the shower and so because of the murders they started like consolidating cabins together. <laughs> I don't remember. I think it was after the B kid. They're like, there's just like the, the camp owners, like no one's going to want to send their kids here and I'm ruined. I can never recover from this. And so they're like, well, how many are here? Let's consolidate the cabins and we're going to have some that are empty, but it's better because we can keep an eye on everybody. And this, I want to point out something. Uh, it's kind of related to movie. It's the trailer. Did you actually end up watching any of the trailers? Like I recommended, um, I watched the trailers for the second and the third one. I'm trying to remember if I... I think I watched the first one. So the, this, the, the trailer for this one, there's multiple variations of it, but they're virtually the same. And it's just, Mom, dear mom and dad, I've been away at sleep camp for three weeks and things are starting to get weird. Oh, right, that's right. What yeah, 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 That's what they're yeah. alluding to is kids are going to start telling their parents uh, or the news should tell them. But so this is important to note for this scene because Meg is like, hey, can I take a shower? And then she asks Judy, she's like, hey, is that other shower, uh, is the water still on? She goes, yeah. And she's like, all right, I'm going to go over there. So she goes, 
she goes to take a shower over there and she <laughs> she goes in and she's washing and this honestly this is the funniest death scene in the movie to me uh because of what happens at the end of it <laughs> um so someone takes the buck knife stabs it through the kind of like kevlar that they have not kevlar uh nylon whatever like tent material they have between the shower uh stalls plastic just regular shower curtain plastic yeah we'll go with that and so meg gets stabbed and like it goes like the length of her back and she bleeds out and she dies oh and she's got Uh, like the she's got some of the worst dying noises ever like it sounds like she's being stabbed like multiple times but really the knife is just getting dragged like through her back which honestly is kind of horrific but the way that she's selling it is so bad like (laughs) and and at the end of this so the old guy he goes into the social and he's like hey have you seen meg and he's like clearly dressed like he's trying to impress somebody like he freshened up and they're like no the last we heard uh she was still at her cabin so he goes to the cabin and he sees angela who has already left the social and she's got a boy in her room and the guy hides underneath her bed when the owner comes in and she's like he goes have you seen meg and she goes last i saw she went to the cabin next door to shower and he goes okay and he goes and he talks to her for a minute and then the one guy runs out and uh honestly the most vulgar note i've got in the movie is right here i, I look i know we're swearing a lot i'm not saying this one because it's really just ridiculously rude um Oh yeah, I I found my note. I get he's your boss, but it's a summer camp. How is the how is having sex with the old guy benefiting this chick at all? But anyway, so well, yeah, you men- goes, you mentioned that, but yeah, yeah, but I mean, I found it. So he goes over to the cabin there, next door, yeah, and he finds her dead, and then we get some more just over someone over twenty five that can't act their way out of a paper bag. This guy, like. Look, we don't know the extent of their relationship. We don't know if he was using her just for sex, if he actually cared about this person, if it was just a regular co-worker to him. We don't fully know what it was. We kind of get what's implied. But he just kind of seems inconvenienced in finding a dead body. Yeah. Like, he, he doesn't seem that freaked out. He's just like, oh, my God, Meg, I'm going to get this person. I bet it was Ricky. Like, it's so weird the way he reacts. Right, like, like and you said, there's no context. There's no context as to like what kind of relationship they actually had. Like, it's just kind of sprung on us, and then it, it's just this reaction. Does there's no justification for it? Like, it doesn't make any sense why he would react in any way. Like the way given, I mean, the way that he does react is just like okay, it, well, like this it doesn't scene, make any this sense. Scene also, this scene also has some of the worst audio and music mixing in the movie because it's just him talking and the music's so loud I can't understand what he's saying. Well, the orchestra was only told to play their instruments as loud as humanly freaking possible. Like, yeah. So we we now come to the most. Uh, this is honestly the most unsettling murder in the movie. Um, Wait, was this after? Was this after she killed Meg? Like, I I honestly yes. am, I'm honestly forgetting is, the order like of these this last. Is, this kills. is after she killed Meg, um, Judy. So. This... Well, no, 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 wait. You're skipping out when she's out in the woods. Well, I mean, that's not really super important. 
Well, I'm just I just wanted to point that out that like before May. She, oh yeah, okay. I thought you meant at night. Yeah, she catches. So after uh, there's there's a scene where um, Angela and the boyfriend are making out, and the boyfriend goes to unbutton her shirt, and he this line um he says is he's like come on meg i wasn't doing anything bad and it's like uh you were like she she explicitly says the word no and okay well it, this wasn't what i was talking about this is this what well, i was talking here's, about here's what i'm i'm getting to why this ha- why what happens happens so she runs away he comes up to her at the lake the next day to apologize, and he, she's like, "Don't touch my hand. I don't like. I don't really accept your apology." And they're 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 on the outs right now. They're not officially broken up, but he screwed up bad, and because uh, he was like, he, like like I said the other that night, she said no, and he was like, "I'm going to keep going." Um, so then Angela come or Judy comes over, and is like. Uh, it's like it starts flirting with him. They go in the woods and they go to start making out during capture the flag. And uh, Ricky like yells at Judy. And then Angela is all upset about, I think his name's Michael is the boyfriend. And uh, I think I'll pull it back up here. I think you're right though. But, but basically the thing to remember is Ricky and Angela saw judy kissing angela's boyfriend so the like we said the big thing to remember is at every turn in this movie all the people that get murdered angela and ricky are witnesses to the terrible thing that happens so it's likely one of these two people and they emphasize ricky oh, it's, so much uh, it, it's paul by the way sorry paul okay but they they emphasize ricky so much that it just makes you as a movie goer go yeah it's angela um, but so this scene with Judy, this is the most unsettling murder in, in the movie because the door opens and Judy's like, who is it? And so this is, this is the murder that because we watched an HD remaster, this movie gets ruined. So they cut to the door, and the in the original, I remember seeing this. What I saw it before was like pay per view on TV, basically, and it was like a free movie that you could get from Comcast. And in that one, it's just a silhouette; like it wasn't as good of an HD uptick as mine, because like I said, mine was a 2K remaster. Mine it. was a, I mine was definitely just 1080p, but I think it probably came from the same transfer as yours was, but just because. Like downscaled a little. But yeah, because it was when, it was they super show, obvious who the silhouette was. <laughs> when they show the silhouette, I looked at it and I was like, because I knew who the killer was, and I was like, that looks like Ricky. And Dan told me he goes, I looked up some trivia, and the the actor for Angela, her parents were like, hey, she, it's okay if she ends up being the killer. We just don't want her killing people on camera and being like, being like this character is killing people right now. And so in this so shot, squa- so squash they- all the conspiracies, guys. There's no. I think it's overreading. Like there was a conspiracy theory that like, oh, they actually were doing it in tandem together. Like no, shut up, guys. No lazy first time director on a cheap budget. It was always 
it was always just one person. Ricky had nothing to do with it. Just yeah, that's my so, stan- that's my stance on it. So then they they cut to the silhouette, and because it's a it's up it's upscaled so much and like the clarity. You can now cl- clearly see that it's the actor playing Ricky, but the, in the original, it was just supposed to be a dark outline. And because it is H in like the 80s, you wouldn't be able to make it out. But because it's got a, such a good HD remake, now you can clearly make out that it's Ricky. And she's like, Who is it? And then you just hear the door close and nothing happened and no one answers. And then she gets, uh, Judy gets punched in the head pretty hard. Knocked like after not another an, after another fantastic line in this movie, <laughs> yeah. And she's not knocked out cold; like she's groggy. She's like, uh-huh. like it's almost like she is coming out of surgery. And then, right? It's, but hold on, we got we, just to say what the line was. It was, oh, it's you. What are you? Boom! Right in the face. <laughs> yeah. So then. If you haven't seen this movie, just get ready to be squeamish. We see uh, Angela's curling iron that was plugged in and hot get picked up. And it's, or I'm sorry, it was Judy's curling iron. And we all know Judy is DTF. So then the killer takes a pillow, puts it over her face. And you can kind of see in the shadows that the curling iron gets shoved in Judy's vagina, causing her to scream and expel air, which increases her breathing. And because there's a pillow on it, she's increasing her breathing and freaking out and struggling. She suffocates faster. That's the most... Like, let me give you this. That's a creative murder. If you said curling iron in the vagina with a pillow over the face to suffocate them, I, I would not have guessed that's a murder. But that's a murder in this movie. You over is, not over. Is, what's the right way to the... say this? You I looked I saw it more as just like yeah, she put the pillow over her head, but I kinda just read it more as just like the sheer shock and presumed heat of getting I'm just saying I'm just saying down she there stops, with a curling iron. She stops breathing rather quickly. Like they yeah, they don't like, keep it's... the pillow over her face very long, so it's just inducing her to breathe faster. Right? There's a there's an extra level, there's an extra level of cruelty though. The fact that I'm gonna suffocate you and shove this up there, like that, yeah, that was like, that was she she literally she literally is like of the seven deadly sins is whatever the sex one is, and she's like I'm gonna kill you lust, lust. She's like I'm gonna kill you sexually basically. Like it's pretty horrific. Um. Once so, again, I bet the right. Once again, I bet Robert didn't think of it that deeply, but <laughs> yeah. So um, later, so then we cut to they can't find Meg, and they're they're all like everyone's freaking out. The one guy that took the campers down to the lake, two of the campers are like I want to go back and sleep in the cabin. So he takes them back to the cabin. He comes back like the five kids that are left that he left there unattended are all butchered, and as this is happening, they're like, "Hey, get everyone back to their bunks now." And Ricky's coming back from. By the, the social... way, those kids only got murdered by throwing sand on her. I just want to yeah. make a note of that. Yeah, like... they threw sand on her when she was getting like <laughs> carted out of the pond. So yeah, they... that's kind of an extreme response just for sand. Like <laughs> they were asking for it. So 
she kills them. They're like, that's it. Put everything on lockdown. We got it. Ricky's coming back from, he's like, Hey, I ate dinner and it didn't sit well. I just need to get a snack out of here. And they're like, well, the thing's over in your band. He's like, come on, man. I just want food. Like, I'm not looking to hang out. I just want something to eat. So he's eating food. He comes back and then the old guy <laughs> tackles him and he's like, you killed Meg. You took her from me. I told you Meg I'd get him. And he starts beating him. And the best way I know how to describe this scene is the fight scene from a Christmas story, except done poorly. Um, the yeah, old he man just, is just, he just beating like, is this kid wailing on him, but in such a like uncoordinated way. Like he literally smacks him open-handed backhand so many times. I was like, does he have a ring? He's trying to make leave an impression on the kid. Um. So then we get the the worst. <laughs> the worst bit of makeup on someone when they call the cop after they find like one or one or two of the dead bodies of the kids. They, I think they find Meg's dead. They they find find Meg's dead body. I can't remember if they find Judy's dead body, but the no, cop uh, comes out. Ca- no, they were in different cabins. This was this was Meg's body that they found. With but the, after with the he's shot. after he sees Meg, he comes out and he's all shocked, and they zoom in on his face. And apparently, according to Dan, this cop did have a mustache. He finished filming, and then and then he was like, "All right, I'm done. I'm going to shave this off." And they're like, "We actually need you for like one more scene." And he's like, "Well, I already shaved it off." They're like, "We'll give you a fake one." And his hair is brown. <laughs> They give him a black piece of felt and they put it on his face. It is such oh, a bad atro- mustache. It is atrocious how awful this fake mustache is. Like it literally almost looks like they just put duct tape on his face. Like it, they might yeah. as well have just done that with how awful this mustache was. And yeah, I mean, like like you're reading from my text. That's that's exactly what happened. He had already committed to another role, kind of like a reverse Justice League. Where, <laughs> where he was, where Henry Cavill was supposed to have the mustache, but shaved it off, and <laughs> so. But yeah, that was that's that was that was objectively my favorite note in the trivia was that little detail. It's just like, oh, that's why that mustache looked so terrible. <laughs> so then, um, they're like, hey, we can't find Angela, and we can't find. You said it was Paul. Yeah, Paul. Okay, we can't find Angela. We can't find Paul. And they go looking for her in the woods, and they find Ricky, and they're like, "Oh my God!" He's and this is this dead. is a uh, this is Moose Knuckle and the Nice Counselor. Oh, and I forgot to point out. So the owner of the camp dies because after he beats up the beats up Ricky, he stumbles out of the woods, and he stumbles onto the archery course, and he gets an arrow through the throat. <laughs> um, and he's like, "That it's effect you. was not bad either." That was good makeup, but he's like, was, "It's that- you." You can't you can't see the cut where they cut the film to insert the him with the prop on him, and that's not me being sarcastic. You actually oh, you they, cannot see you cannot see the cut like it's done perfectly. Oh no the the splice be- uh, part of the trivia was that they had a spring loaded tip of the arrow that just kind of sprung out behind his neck, and then yeah the actual shot of the prosthetic bow like in the front of his neck like they spliced yeah. that together perfectly it looked it looked fantastic so then we start getting flashbacks to the aunt's house when because angela angela and paul they went to the beach and angela's like you, take off your he oh, goes we're you, gonna go okay she's I was like gonna we're say, gonna find the go swimming in the lake and he's like but what about our clothes she goes take them off and he's like all right i'm gonna get to see me some boobs and so 
he he starts getting naked and then we start getting flashbacks of there's several flashbacks like there's one flashback at some point in the movie where they show angela or they show a little girl and a boy looking at two naked dudes like kissing and hugging each other in bed and then there's another flashback this is when they first this was that first one was because i wanted to say it earlier but we were just going with the plot this first flashback happens when he's what in your words assaulting angela because she said no and while she's saying no she's staring at the camera and that's when we flash back to her well two little kids two little kids watching two dudes making out in bed and and the kid and the kids are a boy and girl yeah and the and it's a spinning shot around the bed where we also are cross-fading juxtaposing where the guy and the girl are sitting on opposite ends of the bed yeah and in the context of it where it popping and the up boy in the movie, is, and the boy is pointing at just, the girl yeah it's just so confusing why this popped up just randomly in the middle of the movie at least for me watching this for the first time i was like oh well that's super duper weird like that's a but, but this is then, a very bizarre david lynchian kind of just okay that 30 seconds happened uh, but then we get the then we the get the most obvious cutback scene ever where we see the ant again and she's talking about oh well we i do think you'll enjoy your stay i've always wanted a girl uh, but we couldn't have another boy that simply just won't do we can't have another boy ricky will get upset i think we need a girl yes angela why i think it means angel like that's her acting it's terrible but so that happens. oh it's worse it's way worse than what you just did <laughs> yeah so and I wasn't trying. Like, I think this woman was deliberately trying to be terrible. But so then. Well, emph- emphasize, we need to emphasize how big this is because this is the reveal. When that's she, what I'm getting at. at if aunt, you, yes, if you let me finish my point, Dan, that's what I'm getting to. I'm just trying to help guide the train. That's all. I'm not saying you're doing a bad job. I've been going for nearly two hours. I'm doing pretty good. So, again, this movie's like 90 minutes. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, we, at this point, we've definitely talked way longer than the movie. <laughs> so they have this flashback and they they keep cutting to Angela sitting on the beach and she's got Paul. It looks like Paul's head is in her lap. She's like running her hands through her hair and the counselors find her because they hear her singing. And it's really not singing. It's more like humming. And they come up and they're like, Angela is like butt naked. This kid's butt naked. And she's sitting down. And they're like, Angela. And she stands up and she's got his head in her hand. And they're like, oh, my God. Angela was the killer the whole time. And then the really subtle theme music that was at the opening title card kicks in. And then we get the big twist. (laughs) Uh, The big twist is uh, it zooms out. Angela has a penis. Angela, and cutting back with what the aunt was saying, the the Angela was the boy at the beginning of the movie that was with the dad and the little girl that got hit by the boat. The little girl dies. Angela is adopted by her either adopted by her aunt or just adopted. And then Angela, the the little boy gets adopted. The Angela's aunt is like, well, no, we can't have another boy. We need to have a girl. I've always wanted a little girl and forces Angela to or forces the little boy to be a girl and become Angela. And yeah, like if this is one of 
the most shocking twist I've seen in a movie the very first time I ever saw it, but it totally works. Like, it doesn't seem super out of left field. Yeah, here's... Here's my 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 take on the ending. Let me just get this out because this is the only thing in this movie that really truly is redeemable for me to 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 not give this movie an outright cookie. When you look at the whole scope of the movie, now that you have all this in context with the literal last shot of the movie revealing that she was the boy that survived the boating accident at the start of the movie. First, I didn't put two and two together until the very end that, like, this was the girl. So I think that was part of the twist, too. Correct me if I'm wrong. But in my mind, oh, my God, she was the boy that survived the boat? And then and then uh, it made more sense of that first flashback. Oh, my God. This is, like, some super high artistic, uh, or that was some super artistic way of saying that like this was the start of this confusion of uh sexual identity because she saw some two guys making out so like maybe there's this like this subtle hint of just like oh maybe i'm gay maybe i'm not like the the first step towards actual sexual discovery and then well, yeah but also when you, you factor in the fact that it was the 80s and it wasn't as widely accepted as it is now Exactly. So, like, there's that shroudedness of just, like, there's nobody, it feels like there's nobody I can talk to about. There feels like, like, it feels like I'm truly alone right now. And then the last flashback is recontextualized into, oh, well, now I just kind of, I have to be a girl because the aunt I live with isn't just stupid or just weird. Like, this woman is psychotic and is making me be a girl because... She just wants a girl, and there's nothing she's else not I can do. She's not just a so terrible I'll, I'll actress. Just this. She's a the aunt's not just a terrible actress. She's a terrible person. <laughs> oh, dude, a hundred percent. She is so terrible. Like she's gonna put me through this mental and not, well, not sexual abuse, but like this mental abuse. Uh, and you just, could call it. You could call it sexual abuse, probably. Maybe I'm not a lawyer, but I just. The fact that, like, all of this was revealed and all flooded into me, all in this moment where, at this point, like, literally the credits start, and that's where the movie ends. My mind is just racing with, like, oh my god, how on earth was a character written with this much thought and, like, the intricacies of hiding these little breadcrumbs and revealing it? The writing for Angela's arc is so twisted and beautiful and it's and just it's it, it literally blew on, my mind and it's wasted on a generic 80s slasher like oh it is wasted on just the most uh, it's wasted in such a terrible schlocky piece of crap horror movie that she, i can't so, believe that the same guy that wrote this story arc also wrote the rest of this shitty script i cannot believe it so the other thing too um that i want to point out uh, like I like I've mentioned um, when we were discussing it before was the cinema snob review. Um, he has he has the reaction. Literally everyone has if they don't have the movie spoiled for him by the end. He has the reaction every single person has watching this movie, where they show. So the the ending shot is is weird. 
So they zoom out. Angela is making like this bizarre, like, and she, her eyes are bugged oh, out. I do have trivia about why she's making that face. Okay, one second. Uh, the, okay, one one second. So she's making this bizarre face. She's got the head, and it shows the penis. And in his review of the movie, it jump cuts back to him, and he's just watching it. And then all of a sudden, his eyes get wide, and his mouth drops, and he's just like. That's a dick. That's everyone's reaction to this. And it's it it's such a good twist to the story that it's like you wasted it on this movie. But okay, so I've got one last point I want to make after you mentioned why she's making that face before we get to the Nicolas Cage thing. But the other thing too, so she's making that face, it zooms in on the face, freeze frames, the screen goes green, and then it starts the credits and the movie's over. So what is – that's our bullet point by bullet point recap of a 90-minute movie that goes nearly two hours. What – why was she making that face? The The thing that I read and watched because I, I, I read a couple things and I watched uh, one or two YouTube videos on this. Um, the reason why she has that face is because – Obviously, the actress is is a woman. She is a woman, so obviously, it it they didn't put a prosthetic penis on a minor because she was thirteen when she shot this. So they had to find a guy, and they did. They found a guy that was willing to do this, and he has never revealed, at least as of the taping of that video that I watched on YouTube, never revealed that it was him. So this guy's just living in anonymity just doing whatever he's doing in his life but he was in college at the time he caught word that he could be in this movie and was just willing to get literally butt naked but what they did to put angela's face on him was part of the prosthetics budget they molded uh her face and for some reason they were cool with her making that specific face like, huh. they sculpted the face with her just, like, her mouth open like that and her eyes as open as, open as they Maybe are and they put hair on it. And then some, they put some sort of, like, shocked face and just, like, because she had to hold her face for that long, it got tired. I don't know. It's a, it's a really weird Maybe face. I, it didn't break down why they chose that face, but it did kind of glance over, like, in a quick summation of, like, making that face prosthetic that they ended up putting on the guy so he was wearing a mask technically that they made that they made up around like the the neckline to make it like look like real flesh but yeah, yeah he was wearing it was a dude wearing an angela mask and that's why it's emotionless it doesn't move it's because it's not angela with a fake penis and again she was 13 when they shot this movie so that would have yeah. been super problematic yeah that was actually a guy in his 20s in college and they just put uh, an Angela mask on him. And that's why the face so, looks like that. So speak, speaking of uh, nudity with this movie, this movie is um, very clothed for an 80s slasher horror movie. And, like, there's there's no real sex scene in it. And you don't see too much in the nudity. Like, you don't really see anyone's private uh, It might be because they're all minors. <laughs> well, what, okay, but here's my point. Except for the except for the reveal at the end of that Angela has a penis. That's the only like actual private part you see in the movie. And 
the thing I want to point out is I sent this note at some point randomly in the movie, and just when I was scrolling through it to help with my bullet-by-bullet bullet point thing for the movie, is the sequels got much more naked. Um, there's literally – so I don't remember – too much of the sequels i really only saw like each of them once except for the very last sequel where it's like not even actually filmed for the movie it's just like some random voiceover thing where they shot on location but well they, there is robert, there is well, uh, robert didn't have anything to do with two and yeah, three this, I, there's a whole thing about four there's a there's four, a whole thing about four it's not worth yeah, getting into but four four came out in like 2006 like it was way after um it was but, it, it, again. It's a whole thing. It's not worth yeah. getting into. But no, Robert didn't have anything to do with two and three. Yeah. Okay. But what I'm getting at is like two and three. Here's how the nudity is handled in that movie. Uh. So one of the movies I don't remember which, and it might be both. Angela basically sneaks back to the camp, still in operation under new ownership, and. She uses falsified information to become a camp counselor and then starts like is like basically the moose knuckle guy that's like super in love with this camp and everyone hates her because they think she's a dweeb and people are mean to her. And then she kills people that are mean to her kind of like in this movie. And she at some point, I don't know if it's the same movie, but in one movie they have uh Someone says something about walking around the cabin nude. Oh, I think it would. There's one girl that's walking around the cabin topless after taking a shower, and someone's like, "Hey, like, can you cover up?" And so it's a it's someone walking around nude, and then literally the line is, "What? We're all women. Are you afraid of boobs?" or something like that. And then just I'm not kidding you, a completely different girl who has her back turned turns around and goes yeah boobs like these and like lifts her shirt up and like bounce like bounces around and then puts her shirt back down and i was like watching this movie and how little nudity was in this compared to the other ones i was like wow that makes that stick out even more yeah i like i can't the, really the, the, sequ- I... the sequels got very 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 80 slashersy with just ridiculous amounts of nudity really like just bizarre like characters crazy deaths it it it's ratcheted up a notch in the sequels and in terms it's... of being an 80 slasher I mean, from what it sounds like and versus, like, I, I watched a little bit about the sequels, like, when Robert just handed the the, 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 the licensing over to other people, they kind of just leaned into, yeah, just make it sexy, make it violent, like, don't have the semblance of really expounding upon, like, what could be a relatively interesting, like, character depth like it was just all about the 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 sensationalism the 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 how violent can it be how how sexy can it be like i again i haven't seen them this is just a perception of them that i i'm just kind of projecting based on what other people have said about them like i i don't know it's not really fair for me to really criticize I, them about having watched them but i, I have might, no desire to watch any of them frankly like this I'm, movie was terrible enough be... on its own i don't i don't want to watch an even worse version I'm going to be honest with you. I might pick those for time machines just 
because they're around the same length. Like I might pick them just to be like, here's where the movie goes. This is what I was getting at. Um, I don't I swear know. To God, but... We have to have at least a month in between them, please. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying I might. But so since we've been going, this recording is literally saying two hours and five minutes. Uh, we got to start wrapping it up. So the last thing I want to say in the movie, I, I give it a single brownie. Dan gives it a single brownie. Uh, we don't need to elaborate further because we recap the entire movie scene by scene. Who would you cast Nicolas Cage to be in this movie? Um, man, they like, honestly, I kind of just stopped thinking about, I like, I, I had the question in my mind. And then as I'm watching the movie, I literally just kind of stopped thinking about it. Like I was just so, I was just trying to process what I was watching in real time and wasn't even thinking about it while I was watching it. So I'm kind of picking this like off the top of my head. Like I, he's not too, he's not ripped enough to be moose knuckle, <laughs> he's not old enough to he's not old enough to be the camp owner maybe it could be the counselor that took the kids out to the camp and throws up when he sees the dead bodies like that I, I had another note I had another note that I didn't read that said nice clam chowder vomit oh dude that vomit was awesome that was hilarious <laughs> uh, honestly like it's outside of the counselor, counselor that throws up. Like, I, there's not because all this, all the men in this movie are really just kids. Like, the actual guys in this movie don't really do much besides Moose Knuckle and the owner. Like, maybe he could be the cop, but like, I don't really have like a confident like he's gotta be this guy. So like, I don't know. Just to watch Nick Cage throw up, I guess I want him to be that counselor. I, I'm sorry, it's a the... terrible answer, but. <laughs> My my pick is the guy that gets stung by bees, just because, it, dude. It literally we could have the scene from Wicker Man, um. But yeah, and I don't, we can I have Nicholas Cage pick. say that he's taking a dump. Yeah, <laughs> gotta take a wicked. Gotta take a wicked dump. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, I, my recommendation for this movie, if you were to watch it or any of the sequels, get a group of friends so you can make fun of it. This movies these movies aren't super great if you're just watching them by yourself. I I recommend them to be watching a group so you can poke fun at them, but they are very fun to poke fun at. Um, but that is our nearly uh, two hour recap of a movie. That's 90 minutes and I'm pretty worn out. <laughs> I, I hate this movie. It, the one thing I like in this movie is also partly why I hate this movie because the fact that it's so good makes me hate this movie even more that it wasted such a great opportunity to have a great character study and wasted it in this terrible, 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 stupid movie. It's, I, I don't know. I don't, I need to take a moment to, to see where it ranks on my least favorite time machines that we've watched on the show, but it's definitely up there. Sleepaway camp is just the worst. It is so bad. <laughs> I hate this movie. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to whenever we watch these sequels because I know we're gonna watch them eventually. But yeah, yeah, I, I say let's let's uh, let's wrap it up. Thank God, I'm tired of this movie. Let's bury it, and move on. <laughs> uh, so with that, that's our thoughts on Sleepaway Camp. When we come back, we'll let you know what's coming up next. We'll be right back. Alright everybody, that is it for our thoughts on Sleepaway Camp. 
thank you everybody that uh gave this a listen and stuck around this long <laughs> right right yeah it's uh this was a very exhaustive re-examination of this movie and i hope you enjoyed this complete scene by scene breakdown so uh with that that is actually all the reviews and everything we got for you this week so uh what we got coming next is going to be uh fugue well, not yeah <laughs> isla marfin fugue yes our thanks to isla marfin of fugue uh next week uh we got two trips into the time machine once again because we're not going into theaters uh nick should we go ahead and spoil what's going on for everybody should we keep it a tease for the big episode yeah. <laughs> no no tell tell people tell the people absolutely um i'm just double checking the year on this because i want to make sure my time machine our our time machine not mine <laughs> is calibrated right uh here we go yes we are going to take the time machine to japan twice next week because it's anime week we are going to be watching two anime films the first is my pick, and we're going to go to 2003 and watch one of my favorite animes I've ever seen, Tokyo Godfathers. This film is from uh, Sato Shinkun and uh, Shogo Furuya. I hope I pronounced those right. And uh, it is about three homeless uh, members, or three homeless people in the city of Tokyo, who find a baby literally in the trash and try to find its parents. I, oh, dude, I am so super pumped to rewatch this with you. Uh, it's actually not streaming for free unless you have Hoopla, which is actually a pretty cool service. Hoopla! Uh, Hoopla! <laughs> uh, you sign up with your Hoopla! public... You just sign up with your public library if they happen to be in partnership with Hoopla and you get access to a pretty pretty expansive library of movies honestly i was browsing through it um i don't use hoopla personally but uh i i do occasionally see quite a few titles on there but uh yeah that's where tokyo godfathers is streaming right now it's only on hoopla otherwise you got to rent it uh i i personally bought the blu-ray of it so uh that's how uh we'll be watching it uh we're gonna watch the blu-ray together uh <laughs> nick where are we going to go in the time machine for our second anime film next week? I think it's 2004. <coughs> uh, my voice didn't just crack. I think it's 2004. Uh, yes, go you are correct. It's, the movie. Yes, you're right. It's 2004. And it it's full title. You so, didn't say the full title. Yu-Gi-Oh! The is movie. Yu-Gi-Oh! The first movie? <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! 2000. No. <laughs> It's uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! The movie Pyramid of Light. Ah. But yeah, so the the uh, the way to tell which movie's coming up, if you hear Isla Marfin of Fugue, uh, when you're listening to the individual episodes, uh, if you hear Isla Marfin of Fugue, that is Dan's pick. If you hear my guitar riff, that means that it's Yu-Gi-Oh! and it's about to be intense and face-meltingly awesome. Yeah, Nick and I next week are about to... Duel! <laughs> oh my god you were <laughs> i thought you were i thought you were trying to pretend you were being electrocuted i forgot that was part of the theme song <laughs> i haven't dude so i want the last time i watched Yu Gi Oh, i was uh 
I was visiting my friend Justin, friend of the pod, and uh, I I stay. I was at his place, and I woke up earlier than he did, so I just went and turned on a TV, and it had Netflix on it. Apparently, Yu-Gi-Oh's on Netflix, and I was like, I'm down. So I started watching episodes, and me and him just watched yu Like, once he woke up, me and him just, like, watched Yu-Gi-Oh for two hours and just made fun of it. Oh, dude, I had a night where uh, my wife was at work, and uh, I just turned on Yu-Gi-Oh, because, yeah, it's it's streaming. Uh, I think it's on Hulu, but I, I whatever. I, I turned on Yu-Gi-Oh, and <laughs> I was just watching the, the duel with Pegasus at the end of season one. Like, I just jumped to that five-part saga, and I was just, <laughs> I was just having a couple drinks, and I was just watching it, and I was just getting so invested in it. I was like, trust the heart of the cards, Yugi! Like... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i was uh i was a huge fan of the show uh, i collected cards i was a complete Yu-Gi-Oh same too uh i've only watched the movie yeah. the one time in theaters i think so it's gonna be interesting to rewatch. This. i have i have never i have never seen this movie i actually remember we had a mutual friend in middle school uh josh and i remember asking him i was like what happens in this movie because like I had, I had gotten out of liking it and collecting the cards and, like, paying attention to the show. But at the same time, I was like, I'm actually kind of, like, generally interested in what happens in this movie. I can't remember a damn thing that happens in this movie. I, I Like I said, I genuinely think I only watched it the one time in theaters when I dragged my dad to it because he had to pay for it. But, <laughs> but um, actually, uh, the, the, the other movie, Tokyo Godfathers... Um, Spoiler, I did watch it when I bought the Blu-ray last month. Uh you you did watch this movie in the same class I did, right? Did we have remember, the same Did we have the same English class in 8th grade? Bagans, yeah. Yeah, okay, so the you only, honestly cuz I know I know he showed I know he showed us like videos. I remember random Cirque du Soleil videos and then like watching the twins or the triplets of belleville or whatever it was called that's the only cartoon oh. i remember oh the triplets of, uh, the triplets of belleville yes i love that movie too that's oh man that's a great movie too i remember i remember getting an a plus because he wanted us to write a one-page review and i literally just typed out i have no idea what i under what i saw and i don't understand it oh um, i should actually see if that's that is what i turned that is what i turned that is what I turned in, and I think I got an A plus on that paper. And then our friend, uh, one of our friends, like BS and like tried to make his paper deliberately long enough to fill the space because he didn't understand it either, and he got a C minus. He actually filled the whole page just by rambling, and I was like, "Look, I don't know what I saw. I'm not going to pretend that I did know what I saw, and I'm not going to waste your time with trying to ramble on for a bit. I don't know what it was." Oh, I'm I'm definitely going to add the triple. And, and he was like. A. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to add the triplets of Belleville to our watch list. We're definitely going to watch that eventually, um, if it's ever streaming anywhere. Uh, thank you for reminding me about that. I love that movie, too. Uh, but no. Uh, okay, cool. So you're going into this pretty much as blind as I am with Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, man, I'm super excited. We're having an anime week, guys. Oh, this, uh, this is great. We haven't... Uh, we've never had an anime movie on the show, and... Um, once again, we're going to uh, Asia for our foreign films because, God forbid, we go somewhere else for foreign films. But uh, <laughs> uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, by the way, is streaming on the Funmation app. 
if you happen to be subscribing to that. Otherwise, uh, it's literally a 99 cent rental on all platforms, uh, Amazon Prime, YouTube, Google Play, all those platforms. So that's how you can watch Yu-Gi-Oh! the movie with us. And uh, like I said, Tokyo Godfathers is a $3 rental unless you have Hoopla. So that's what we got coming up next week. Nick, let the people know where they can reach out to us on social media. Facebook, Brownie Points Guide to Cinema, Instagram, Brownie underscore points underscore guide, and Twitter, at Brownie underscore cinema, as well as Brownie Points Guide to Cinema at gmail.com. Make sure that you send us Brownie Bites ideas, whether they are topics you want us to discuss, lists or countdowns you want us to do, or movies that you want us, uh, trailers or movies you want us to review, whether they are time machines or new releases or streaming releases. Also, big thing that will help us out, go to, if you're listening to us on iTunes, Go to, uh, or Apple Podcast, whatever it is, uh, leave us a review. Um, we're going to start reading those on air if we find ones that we find are funny. Um, but it helps boost our show because then it will start showing up in more people's feeds. Um, it, w- it will really help us grow it. It doesn't take very long to do, so please just do us a solid on this and start writing some reviews, please. Yes, and thank you to everybody that does. Also, also I, think it's, I think they'd have a, a star rating. Please give us five stars. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But yeah, like Nick was saying, we will always be in your ears on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor.com, as well as Overcast and all other popular podcast platforms. Uh, Like I hinted before, uh, we are planning on going back into the theaters, um, just not in the immediate future because we got a lot of personal things going on outside of the show. So... um, once all those are taken care of, we should be going back in the theaters either late September or early October. If you have been going back to the theaters, I hope you enjoyed your movie. I hope you stayed safe. Hope you had your masks on. And uh, as always, like I've been saying since June, just be empathetic, care for one another, take care of each other. We're all in this together. So as the world is slowly turning back to normal, it's not there yet. It's still going to take some time. So let's just all be patient. And uh, yeah, if we if we add any levity to your your day to day life, just let us know. We'd really appreciate it. But above all, just stay safe and just just take care of each other, people. It's not that hard, you know. So with that, that is all we got for this episode of Brownie Points. We will see you later. Just so our listeners can be put at ease, uh, unlike Sleepaway Camp, there is not a dramatic penis at the end of this. (laughs) Says you. What? Is it huge or is it diarrhea? Because if it's huge, eat more fiber. But if it's diarrhea, diarrhea, if it's diarrhea, <laughs> diarrhea, di- Reba, Reba, Reba McIntyre comes out and like lands in the toilet bowl. She's like, <laughs> howdy, y'all. I'm diarrhea. <laughs>